welcome back to Actually Adultish. I'm your host, Christina, and I've missed you over this past week. Thanks to everybody who has been subscribing. If you've left a rating and review, you're the best. Keep it up. If you haven't, please do it. Go to iTunes, go to Stitcher, send some love, and I will be forever grateful. So this week, I'm really excited because... I have a really awesome guest. Her name is Amy Tolofshrud, and she's a nutritional therapy practitioner and an expert on minimalism. I don't know if that's actually her title, but I'm giving it to her right now. And we found each other through Instagram and connected that way. Story of my life. That's how I meet everybody. And she's the blogger behind Rebel Nutrition. And she is so interesting because she's Well, obviously, so she's an NTP, so she knows all about nutrition and food and healing and all of that. But the minimalism thing is what I'm really just fascinated by because she lives in a hut and just doesn't have that many belongings and just her whole life is minimalistic. And I saw her do these stories on Mind Body Green or Instagram stories on Mind Body Green where she was basically explaining her life. And I was like, oh my God, I need to talk to this girl because I have a problem with being the opposite of a minimalist, but I strive to be a minimalist. That's my lifelong goal. And I don't know if that's a realistic goal. I don't know if it's achievable, but I want it to be. So I'm hoping she can give me some tips. So let's just go ahead and hop right into the interview. Hi, Amy. How are you? I'm doing awesome. How are you? I'm good. I'm so excited to talk to you. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited too. I'm glad that we connected in the last couple weeks. It's been really awesome. I know. It's so, I don't know how I didn't like find you earlier, but I'm obsessed with you now because you're so cool. And <laughs> oh I, my God. I have a million things to ask you. Oh my gosh. Well, I'm so excited to talk and I'm obsessed with you too. And I have actually a few things to ask you. So this will be a good conversation. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Ooh, I'm excited. No one ever asked me things. So that'll be fun. Well, I know. I was like, I hope that's okay. But I ha- I just, I'm sure other people are wondering it right now. Anybody that follows you on social media. So that's so funny. Yeah. No, ask me anything you want, but let's start off. Why don't you tell people, the listeners who you are, what you do, just a little bit about yourself. Yeah, for sure. Um, so I'm Amy, and I blog at rebelnutrition.com. Um, and I am a nutritional therapy practitioner. So I most within like the last year, I graduated from the NTA, which is where I got my certification, and I started seeing one-on-one clients uh, for nutritional therapy. And then I kind of uh, a lot of things changed. Like I was at the time still in a nine-to-five job, and I was just kind of unhappy and my husband and I found ourselves in a little bit of debt and we also like had this dream to kind of move somewhere tropical and start traveling and doing like basically the complete opposite of what we were doing at the time because we lived in Colorado at the time and it was freezing and we were inside all the time and we both worked jobs we hated so we um, kind of made a couple crazy decisions and they ended up... um, well, I guess I'll just kind of get into it. We we <clears throat> basically downsized a ton and got into minimalism, sold basically everything that we owned and um, moved to Maui. So that was huge. And it kind of just happened that we the place that we found to live in Maui was like a it's a tiny house. So it's about 120 something. I haven't measured, but I'm guessing it's about 120 square feet. 
Um, and so since then, we've really gotten into the whole minimalist lifestyle because, I mean, we can't really we don't really have room to like accumulate things or anything like that. And it's just totally changed our lives, our happiness, our finances, everything. So it's been really interesting. And then my whole business kind of changed too, because I started seeing one-on-one clients, but then as I'm somebody who's pretty like introverted and seeing one-on-one clients kind of day after day all the time, it's turned out to be kind of draining for me. So I kind of transitioned to an online business where I now I do like online courses for people that's still like the same type of um, I'm still teaching the same nutritional therapy things, but in a more of a course format rather than like one on one. So that's so yeah. OK, there's just so many different things to talk about. It's so interesting because <laughs> you have this whole minimalism thing, which in itself is just like I feel like you could build a business just off of that. <laughs> and then you also have the nutritional therapy practitioner side of you. So yeah. do you inc- do you ever do people ever come to you and like have you do both for them? Um you know lately I've been getting more and more questions and more people contacting me about like the minimalism and like kind of freedom aspect like kind of the financial freedom and just not having physical stuff side yeah. of things more more so than the nutrition and I I'm super interested in that right now and I love it and I'm so passionate about it that I've actually really been thinking about like kind of taking my business more that direction but so far I mean kind of just been helping people if they ask me like giving them whatever advice I can but we'll see what happens with that I guess (laughs) yeah so when where were you living before you were in Maui uh Colorado okay and what kind of job were you what kind of job did you have so I was a personal trainer oh okay yeah I know so that's a whole other story in itself that I I actually did write about once just because well, I mean, I don't know how far down the rabbit hole we want to get with this, but I, um, I used to have an eating disorder and then I got into, that's kind of how I got into nutrition and exercise. And that's kind of why I became a personal trainer. So I think all around that was kind of just unhealthy for me to be in that job as well. Okay. So, okay. Can we like get into that a little bit? Yeah, for sure. Okay. Wait. So when did your eating disorder start? I was, I think I was almost 17. So now it's been like over 10 years ago since it started, but. Okay. And do you mind me asking like what kind of eating disorder you had? Oh yeah. Um, yeah. So I was anorexic and so I, I dealt with that. Um, it lasted until, I mean, I was early twenties mm-hmm. and I was in and out of treatment a couple times and it was, I mean, it was pretty intense, but like, I mean, through that, I feel like learned so much and found, I mean, I like, as I think everybody who's gone through something like that, just really found out who I was in the process and like what I was meant to do in the world. So, I mean, yeah. yeah. And, and then, so then how did that transition into you wanting to become a personal trainer? Was that like tied up in it? Yeah, well, because part of, I mean, part of my eating disorder, as well as like the food restriction was also over exercise. And I felt like, I think when it started, I was just so obsessed with exercise that I thought that that's like, that was what my passion in life was. And I was like, Oh, I need to share this with people. So then that brought me into personal training. But then when I kind of started to really recover, I was like, okay, this is not healthy for me to be in this, like in the gym 24 seven. 
helping people with that anymore. So it was, I mean, freeing in more ways than one kind of giving that job up. (laughs) Yeah, I can imagine that would be really tough to be recovering while having that job. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. So then that got is what basically got you into health and wellness. Yeah. And then from there, what like made you decide you wanted to become an NTP? Um, well, just, I mean, through everything with like the disordered eating and, you know, visiting conventional doctors and not really, I mean, as you can imagine from treating your body very poorly, as I did for a long time, I ended up having a lot of health problems. So I had, um, my hair was falling out. I mean, I had horrible acne, missing periods. I mean, digestive problems, everything you could possibly think of. And every time I went to the doctor to, you know, look for help or an answer. It was just kind of like, well, here's, here's another pill to fix it. Yeah. And eventually, I mean, I was like, okay, there's got to be another way. I know that this is just my body like revolting after being treated horribly. So I know that there's got to be a way to fix it naturally and just start supporting my body with like real nutrient dense foods and taking care of myself both physically and mentally and doing all the healing that needed to occur. So that's, um, I started getting really into nutrition and I learned about the NTA and, um, yeah. And I was like sold. I'm like, this is exactly the type of training that I needed to do. And of course that, that I didn't start, you know, training into that until I felt like I was completely recovered with my own, uh, eating disorder and exercise. Because at that point I was like, okay, now that I've found healing and gone through all this stuff and come out the other side, now is the time that I think I can help other people. So Yeah. No, I think that's so amazing that you're doing it because, I mean, that's why I'm getting into nutrition as well, especially I feel like we probably had some really similar experiences in the Western medical system. And, you know, I felt like everybody was making me – everybody made me feel like I was crazy because I truly believed food could heal me and something natural could heal me. And my yeah. doctors were just like, no. You know, I know. I know. It's so funny because I remember like when I went to acne was just I mean, that was like one of the biggest things that I had like my hormones being messed up. And I remember going to the dermatologist and asking them, like, isn't there something I can do like with my food that that can fix this? And they looked at me like I was just Crazy. I don't know. If I can, yeah, yeah, I was I was like, I don't know if I can cuss on here. But <laughs> yeah, no, you can, you no, can just swear like, as much as you want. Yeah. But OK, well, they looked I was going to say they looked at me like I was just fucking nuts. Yeah. And, Uh, And so I went home and I just felt like kind of actually bad about myself. Like, oh, why did they think that was such a stupid question? Like, I think that's legit. (laughs) Yeah, no, exactly. No, and that's the thing. It's like they make you feel crazy, but also stupid. Like they talk down to you. Like, no, Mm -hmm. you don't know. And then you start feeling like a piece of shit yourself when, no, there is a way to do it through food and natural methods. So I'm so glad you became an NTP because I feel like you can help so many people with your experiences. Um, well, thanks. Thanks. Yeah. I mean, I love it. And it's, it's amazing. And you're, you're going to be an NTP too, right? Or are you going to school for that? Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do the program in September. Starting oh, that's September. so exciting. Yeah, I'm very excited. Um, so. But okay, so let's get into the minimalism a little bit. Because like, this is so fascinating to me. Because I'm <laughs> a hoarder. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> so were you always like, did you how was that transition for you? Like, were you the kind of person who used to have a ton of shit? Or have you always been kind of a minimalist? Or? 
Um, I guess, I mean, I definitely have always had way more stuff than I do like right now, but I would say compared to most people, I probably, I mean, I don't think I've ever really been like a hoarder. I've always just kind of been like the type of person that's like, "Eh, I don't really need that. Like, I just, I don't know that I guess that's more just kind of my personality, but it's funny because when I met my husband, he had like he was like such a hoarder. He had so many clothes. He had clothes that were like from high school. And at the time when I met him, he was like 27. I was like, okay, we need to go through some of this and like get rid of all your shit. And (laughs) it was ridiculous. So, but yeah, but now we all, we combined between the two of us have like just a couple drawers full of clothes, which is crazy. That's so cool. Okay. So when you're first downsizing, like when you had to move, what was the hardest thing to downsize like what part of your house or your your belongings um definitely I mean I think especially being like a nutritionist I had there were and we had just gotten married too so we had like all these appliances that I was Mm -hmm. like really excited about and obviously that wasn't going to be cheap if we wanted to move to Maui there was like no way that we were going to be able to ship all that so we just ended up like selling everything and that was like kind of sad because I was like really excited to use all that stuff but I mean it ended up working out well and and now I barely have any appliances but it's it's actually been kind of interesting because it's made me so much more like creative in the kitchen with like what I actually can make so (laughs) yeah okay let's get into the kitchen so what do you have in your kitchen Okay, so I have a Vitamix, which is essential. I don't know what I would do without that. And then um, I have a microwave and a like a little grill, like a mm-hmm. little George Borman type grill. And then we have a rice cooker too, but that is it. And then we have a fridge, but okay. that's not Do you really have a full-size fridge or is it a mini fridge? The fridge is full-size, which is really awesome. It's like the only thing in our house that's like normal size. <laughs> okay, yeah, I would die without a full-size fridge. Yeah, that's what I thought too. And I was like, we have to have a full-size fridge because I just feel like being able to fit like all the fresh stuff in there actually ends up saving money if you're able to like buy it in bulk and like yeah. keep it in there. So I thought that was actually a good investment. So that was important to me. <laughs> okay, yeah. So what have you learned any like fun hacks with having to be able to cook with only those appliances like I don't know what I would do without a stove (laughs) yeah yeah it's been definitely interesting I mean so the first like six months or so when when we moved here it was like well every morning for breakfast I guess I'm gonna have a smoothie bowl because that's the only thing I can make (laughs) um but then just recently I've been like I need to have eggs or like something else in the morning so I've just been cooking them in the microwave um, yeah, have you yeah. tried my poached egg trick? No, I think that's such a good idea. And I saw that. And the only thing is, I am like that weird person that hates poached eggs. Oh, I don't yeah. know why. I remember you saying that. But you can I also know. just scramble them in the microwave. I used to do that in college. Yeah. yeah, so that's what I've been doing, just scrambling them. And they, I mean, for not having eggs for like six months, they taste amazing to me that yeah. way. So I'm like, whatever, I'm just gonna stick with that for yeah, now. Yeah, it works. <laughs> yeah. Definitely. So um, what if you want to like saute vegetables or something? I know. How I, do you I cook just, your vegetables? Um, so basically I just either if I'm having vegetables, I'm just having like them fresh, like a salad, or sometimes I'll just put them in the microwave, which is not very good. <laughs> oh my God. This is like yeah. so, this is like survivor. 
I, I know, think, right? I don't think I could do it. What's the, what are what do you like miss the most? Oh my gosh, I miss having an oven to make like like roasted vegetables and yeah. like sweet potato fries. Like if I could have just an oven to make like oh roasted vegetables or like what if you got one of those mini ovens like you know like um, like a convection oven or whatever is that what they're called I don't know what they're called but it's like a toaster oven yeah I know what you're talking I know what you mean yeah I don't know I've thought about that which but I mean have you did you see the like tour that I did yeah of my set we just I mean as you can probably tell there's not a lot of room I know so I just, I'm like, I don't know. I just feel like I couldn't do it. Or like a crock pot or like an instant pot. Oh, yeah. I for sure thought about an instant pot too. I'm, I, It's possible. I don't know. We're thinking maybe going to invest in like an instant pot or something. But at the same time too, um, I don't know. I don't know how long term. I mean, I see us probably staying here for like, I don't know. I don't want to say exactly how long. Maybe like six months or so. But just with the whole direction of like my business and my husband's business, he's a photographer. We're kind of thinking that, you know, in the next year or so we'll, we'll go travel. So I also don't really want to like, I don't know, get a bunch of stuff and then have to like give it up again. (laughs) You know, how long have you been there now? Um, a little less than a year. Okay. That's a pretty long time though. Yeah. Yeah. Still crazy. Kind of a long time to not really have any appliances it's gone by really fast (laughs) so what okay what do you think is like the most essential kitchen appliance oh hmm I don't know I mean I drink a lot of like smoothies and make a lot of smoothie bowls and then I make like frothy like collagen coffee in my Vitamix like all those in my Vitamix so I'd probably say that but then I don't know. The grill is a close second because I've got to like have something to cook like our meat on. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So. I can't even imagine. But so you must, do you eat a lot of like raw, like it must be a lot of raw stuff, right? Do you eat sushi? Yes, I do definitely eat sushi. There's tons of really good like raw fish here, which is awesome. And then there's tons of like really fresh fruit and vegetables. So, I mean, it's definitely an if if you're gonna have this situation like anywhere you live, this is a good place to do it. I feel like yeah, um, yeah. it's not like it's freezing and you're craving like soup or anything like that. <laughs> so yeah, okay. What are some of your like pan like your fridge and pantry staples that you keep in there? Because you must have to be very selective. Yes. Um. So well, most of our stuff is in the fridge. So I mean, okay. there's tons of tons of vegetables, and then just like various types of like meat and fish and then we do make rice pretty frequently like just for an easy carb source I wish I could make like potatoes but you know you do what you can you could microwave them <laughs> yeah that's true and a couple times I've put them like on the grill they just yeah. they take a little bit longer that way but that works too so um yeah and then I'm trying to think pantry stables staples um like there must know. be a I few mean, things that aren't refrigerated that you like need like probably like all like cooking like olive oil like salads or like oh yeah yeah so I have like um I have like oil and vinegar and I'm trying to think I'm like looking over there and I can't even think of what's in there right now spices um there's some like Oh, this is going to be really disgusting, but I'm just going to tell you. Honestly, we have to keep pretty much everything. I mean, besides, like, if it's in a glass jar, yeah. we have to keep it in the fridge because otherwise, like, there's, like, critters out there that will oh my God. <laughs> break it. 
Yeah. <laughs> so we definitely have to keep everything in the fridge, even if it's not like we have, um, I have some like bars that I just have like gotten in the mail and I'm like, I can't keep them outside. I have to keep those in the fridge too, just because. Oh my God. That's so stressful. Might- I know it's pretty, I, it's like, I mean, in, in a lot of ways, like it's just comes natural to me, but I'm like, a lot of people probably think that's really disgusting that there's like, I mean, there aren't like critters walking around out here, but if we leave stuff They'll out, that, like, they, yeah, exactly. Oh my God. Okay. I couldn't even <laughs> handle that. Do bugs like crawl on you while you sleep? Oh God, I hope not. Okay. I mean, I, I bet, I bet, I mean, I bet they have, but I haven't like noticed yeah. if I did, I would freak out, but. <laughs> okay. So for people who are like, who haven't seen your little house tour, so do you have, how many rooms is, is it like a room or yeah, it's basically just like one room. It's I mean, it's kind of an open setup because it's like if you if you saw the kitchen is like sort of outside, which is kind of weird. So that I'm not really counting in like the 120 square feet. Yeah. Um, so that's like it's covered, but the kitchen area is like kind of outside. And then inside is basically just one room. And then our bed like folds up. It's a Murphy bed. So during the day it can like fold up against the wall, which creates more space. So that's kind of nice. And then we just have like a desk and a couple dressers and that's about it okay let's talk about the clothes so what do you have (laughs) like what is your clothing situation so I definitely I have probably the one area of my life that I am a hoarder is bikinis so I have quite a few bikinis um and then (laughs) obviously essential living in Hawaii but then I small though right yeah right it's not bulky jackets (laughs) Totally. Yeah. They don't take up very much, much space. So I have like a drawer full of like underwear and bras and bikinis. And then I have a drawer of like athletic clothes and like yoga pants and things like that. Zip up hoodies. But I, I only have like a couple of each thing. And then um, just a couple like everyday outfits. I mean, just like shorts and shirts. And then I have I my family still lives in Colorado. So I still have a couple pairs of like long sleeves and pants and things like that but I never I mean that's taking up like one full drawer and I I never wear them unless I'm going to Colorado so that's kind of a waste of space but I the thing is it's like I wear the same thing every day (laughs) but I still have so many clothes and I don't know why (laughs) that's so funny and I feel like Okay, I didn't know if that was just me because I don't really have any other options, but I feel like most people are like that. Like you have yeah, most people I think have so. probably like three three to five things that they really like wearing and then they'll pretty much rotate them. And then you have like drawers and drawers and like closets full of crap that like you probably have never worn maybe even once. So it's like Yeah. No, I, mean, I, I recently cleaned out my closet and I got rid of like three bags of clothes that I had never even worn. Yeah. Which is so horrible. That's crazy. I know. Well, I did the exact same thing when I first downsized and it was almost like, oh my gosh, where, like, where did I even get this? Why did I even get this? I don't even like this. (laughs) I think the thing is, it's like in the back of your head, you're always like, well, this, I might need this. Like, what if there's this one time when I'm going to this, like an event comes up and I need this? Exactly. Yes. Like I might need this one day. And it's like, well, if you haven't, if you haven't needed it in like the past six months, you're probably not going to need it. (laughs) Yeah, no, exactly. I mean, do you have any tips for people for like downsizing their wardrobes, like how to go about it? Yeah, I mean, I generally say if 
the first thing you can do is like go through your stuff. And if you haven't, I mean, you can definitely make a list of like, okay, this is, these are things I definitely want to keep. These are things that I am pretty, like, I don't really want to give away yet, even if you like haven't worn them in forever, but you still think you might need them. So like, go ahead and keep those. But then you're also going to have like a pile of stuff that you just know you're never going to wear. So definitely get rid of those first. And then you can go back through like the maybe pile and ask yourself like, okay, have I really worn this at all in the past six months? And it's like, if no, then you can either give it away or if you're not ready to like take that, if that's too final for you, something I tell people is like, well, you could always, you can always put like the things that you think you want to give away into storage, keep them in storage for like four to six months. And if you don't even think about them that whole time, then you know, like, okay, it's safe to give them away. Yeah, (laughs) you're you're not going to be like missing out if you don't have those things. So when you were getting rid of your stuff, did you like donate it? Or did you sell it? Or what did you do? Most of it I just donated. I think I had a couple things that were worth selling, but pretty much like everything I took in, they were either like, we'll give you five bucks for this or you can just donate it. So I was like, well, I'll just donate it. it. I know (laughs) every time I try and I'll sell like, like thousands of dollars worth of clothes at those little like, you know, those stores where they will buy or use clothes. Yeah. And I get like $2. And I, I go, know. that was really not worth it. It's so sad. I know. You're like, but I spent so much on all of that. No, I totally get it. Yeah. I. What about like, I mean, I think for me, I feel guilty getting rid of things. Does yeah. Does that ever happen to you? Yeah, definitely. And I think that's like so common. And I'm not really sure why, but I just, it seems like, and I went through this too. I think we just tend to like give, I don't know, like, emotional value to our physical things for some reason I don't know why so I mean try and if if you are one of those people who feels like that try and just like pinpoint what it is about that item that's like making you feel guilty or sentimental about getting rid of it and maybe it's like it's probably like maybe it reminds you of something that you don't want to like get rid of or you know it, it probably goes deeper than just like feeling bad that you're wasting money I don't know Yeah, I wanted to ask you, well, was there anything that you kept that maybe you shouldn't have for practical reasons, but that you kept because it was sentimental to you? Oh, yeah. I mean, there's definitely things that like I I kept that I don't feel like I necessarily needed. Like I have, I mean, just one example that comes to like the top of my head is I have this stuffed animal that I've had for like years and I'm like, I'm not just because it takes up space, like I'm not going to just like get rid of it. So, I mean, there are, of course, and I think everybody probably has these items that are like, yeah, you don't need them, but if they're meaningful to you and you want them, I think you should keep them. And I think that's what minimalism like is all about is like just being really, really choosy about what you do bring into your life and what you do keep and then what you do give away and it like more even more so than just like physical items like even even toxic people or toxic relationships or I don't know like bad vibes things like that I mean it goes even far beyond just the physical yeah I wanted to get into that too because like I feel like that's a big part of it so did you change relationships and stuff at the same time as you were doing this all like physically Um, 
like when like when I moved away like with friends and stuff or yeah I guess like I don't know I feel like if I did this whole minimalism thing like I was like I'm gonna get rid of all my stuff I'm gonna move to Maui move into this hut I'm doing this big cleanse basically of all these extra things I feel like that would kind of lead me to like doing it at the same time with like toxic relationships and like I mean even your job you recently left yeah um yeah for sure um yeah I know I know what you're saying um I feel like well luckily I mean in terms of like relationships I've been very lucky that there have I haven't really been in a place where like I had to let any of them go so Mm -hmm. I feel like I mean, I'm still very close with like my family and friends and my husband, obviously he lives with me. So yeah, (laughs) we're still close. Um, but, um, but yeah, when it comes to like, for me, it was more like just stop stopping doing things that I hated doing. I mean, getting to the point where like I was able to first leave my personal training job. And then more recently, um, I, cause when I first moved out here, I had a part-time job that it wasn't like I hated it or anything like that, but it still, I feel like was really, um, just kind of dragging me down and fatiguing me a lot. And so I had less energy to do the things that I really wanted to be doing. And so like letting go of that just more recently and just to free up more space and time for just basically to, you know, keep pursuing my dreams and really doing the things that light me up rather than like being sucked into, yeah, I don't know, unhealthy was that decision that was like last week wasn't it yeah like yeah it was last week was that decision like something that you were debating for a while or that you just one day was like I'm done with this shit and you did it or like was that hard for you like how did that go for you well it's funny because I knew I mean I kind of in the back of my mind was always knowing that like maybe I would probably be done at the place I was working in like I don't know six months or so but then it was like and I'm not a very impulsive like person either, but I swear I just woke up that day and I was like, I'm done. This is not, I'm like mm-hmm. not doing this anymore. Like it was just this feeling. I don't know if I was like just tapping into my intuition or what, but I was like, I need to let this go and focus on my own business because that's like what, where I really need to be putting my time and effort right now. And I just did it. And I was like, oh my God, I can't believe that I just did that like within one day. Yeah. <laughs> And do you feel so, so much better? Do you have any regrets? Um, I, I feel a lot better. And no, I don't have any regrets. And it's crazy because like, I almost feel like it was kind of a mental block for me having still like a part time job while I'm building my own business because it was kind of like, I kind of had this thought that like, well, it's okay if my my business like doesn't do that well, because I still have my foot in the door somewhere else. And so now this was like a kick in the butt, like, no, you don't have any other choices, like put everything you have in your business. And then it's been actually crazy. Because since I left my job, my the other side job, like Mm -hmm. my own business has like in the past week, even just gotten so much busier. So I'm like, now I just feel like it was for sure the right decision. Thank you. Yeah, I I felt I was scared, but now I know like, okay, I'm glad that I listened to that like feeling because it was totally right on. (laughs) Yeah. And I think it's so interesting and just a testament to like, I'm a true believer in that so many people can't, they don't achieve things that they want to achieve because of themselves. They're just blocking themselves. Um, Absolutely. 
and that just speaks to it it's like you're just holding yourself back and you don't even realize it because you're like taking like people are so afraid to take risks I think this is such a bigger issue of I mean you pursuing your own business and I just feel like the world is going in the direction of everybody's going to be an entrepreneur but people right. are so scared mm-hmm. yeah well and like I totally get that too because especially I mean I don't know online business and being entre- an entrepreneur is like just something that I never imagined for myself. Like I never, I I always was kind of like a free spirit and wanted to do my own thing, but I never thought that I would like have my own business because I didn't know anything about like blogging or anything tech related. I barely can, could like turn on my iPhone or like figure out how to set up (laughs) my computer. Like I'm 100% dead serious. So I, it's just like, we are our own worst enemies. And like, I feel like if we just have the confidence or, you know, dream to like do something, we can make it happen. And like anybody can do that. And I 100% believe that now. Yeah. And I just like how you just totally do your own thing and are like on your own path. And do you feel like being in Maui, like kind of being away from people and doing this minimalism thing, just in terms of your brain helps you detach I guess I feel like sometimes in LA it's like everybody's around you and everybody's comparing and everybody's in your ear and this and that and I just wonder if that plays a role in it do you know what I'm saying yeah for sure like I wonder I don't know because I've never I mean I guess Colorado is definitely closer to like LA probably than um Maui obviously Mm -hmm. but um I I don't know I mean because I think that maybe living out here makes it a little bit easier to be like that there's just it's just a different I don't I don't think it's anywhere near the type of like um what's the word like people out here don't seem to really care as much like what what you have or like how much money you have or like what kind of car you drive or anything like that even like to the physical I mean a lot of women out here don't really wear a lot of makeup because we're like always going to the beach nobody there's definitely not even like that same type of um like perfection like with like body standards I don't even think so I, I definitely see what you're saying and I think that that probably does make it a lot easier um, for me, but I don't know. I mean, I can't even imagine living in LA. I feel like would just be such culture shock to me. <laughs> yeah. I'd be interested in what you thought of it. And I don't know. Do, well, but it's like hard because that's how I feel. But then I'm also like, but then you, you still have social media. Right. Yeah. And I don't know. Social media. Well, I recently have just been feeling like it's overrunning me. Oh my gosh. Yeah. No, it's funny because I've been feeling like that too. And I'm like, okay, I need to start taking my own advice and like unplug because it, I mean, if you let it, you can be totally just sucked into like your social media all day long. And like a couple, a couple days, like, I feel like I've done that and I'm like, oh my God, where did the day go? Yeah. But it's like, it's hard too when it's part of your job. So yeah, I think that's hard finding the balance. Like I'll sit here and I'll be like, I just spent six hours answering DMs. Like, yes, what is my life? Like, (laughs) I can't do this. But I also don't know a way out of it. You know, when that seems like part of the job. Totally, I totally get that. But and, and also, I think it's so in a such a like disconnected world, but everybody is connected on social media. It really like, means a lot to actually respond to people's DMs. Mm-hmm. So like I think that's really amazing that like you aim to do that even. 
I think it's just hard finding the balance where it's like we all want to interact with each other and respond, but then, but then it's hard because then it's like, okay, well then I'm not living my real life. I also, you know, you have to find a exactly. balance like between doing real life and like disconnecting, but also staying connected. And I just, I don't know. I think it's really hard to find a balance. Totally. No, I completely agree. I want to talk about, so the other minimalistic aspects of your life so I know so basically so like your fitness routine for example I know you talk about how you have like a minimalist fitness routine now what's that like yeah so I pretty much um just because I think I I still love like moving my body and staying active um so I I don't use at least I haven't since I've moved here. So for about a year, I haven't used like any gym equipment or anything like that. I just will do like body weight stuff, um, either outside or if it's like really, really hot out or like raining, then I'll do it. I'll fold up the bed and do it inside. Um, Mm -hmm. so there's been that and then, or I'll just like go for a swim or a walk outside and I've been learning to surf too. So doing, doing that, but very minimal. (laughs) Yeah. Not, not great at it yet, but trying it but basically I mean other than that no um no equipment or anything like that so I kind of and I show that sometimes on like my Instagram stories like what I'm doing for a workout just to show people that like you don't have to have you know an expensive gym membership or like a bunch of equipment or you know go to sweat at, at like a core power gym you know every day you can do just basic movements at your house if you want and you can stay fit that way so yeah no and I love talking about this because I mean I feel like I talk about this with a lot of people because I get so irritated with what's going on in social media because everyone's making each other feel like they're not doing enough constantly oh, and it's yeah. turned into like now it's just turned into like if you're not heavy lifting it's a waste of time and you know I don't know and I'm like I feel like you can still, I don't know. I mean, I just think it's powerful, your experience. I mean, and you are a personal trainer. Yeah. So. Yeah. No, I totally agree with you. And it's so, I know that like comparison trap is so hard for people. Like you see what other people are doing. They're like, oh my God, they're at Orange Theory and they're like running marathons and they're doing all that. Like I need to do all that to stay fit. And it's like, no, I mean, if you feel good doing that and it, you know, your body's doing well and you have energy, I mean, go for it. But you also don't need to be pushing yourself that hard to see results. And a lot of times, like, you'll actually see better results if you do less because your hormones aren't going to be all out of whack. So (laughs) yeah, what have you noticed any changes since switching to that kind of workout routine? Yeah, I definitely I mean, I definitely have more energy than when I was like trying to push myself in the gym. So more energy from doing shorter, just body weight movements. And also I feel like my hormones have balanced out a lot. So like I was saying before, I used to have a lot of skin issues. My skin has been a lot better. Um, and I take that as a, you know, it's my hormones getting back into balance, but also like, I think for a while after I was, after I had recovered from my eating disorder, I was kind of, and I was still working out a good amount. My body was kind of like stressed and almost like holding on to a little bit of excess weight Mm -hmm. and then from doing like less it's everything is kind of like evened out and I just feel like more I don't know more relaxed but I also like have more energy I just and I just feel a lot more like comfortable like yeah myself I don't know that's so interesting do you have any tips for people who want to like design like a a body weight only workout routine or like somebody who wanted to try doing that? 
Oh, um, you know, I feel like now I'm like, I have been out of that scene for a while. So I, I'm not probably the best person to ask. But I would just say, I mean, find a couple if you, I would either do like upper body or lower body or I mean, you can mix it up, but mm-hmm. pick pick maybe like eight exercises and do like 10 to 15 reps of each and go through them a couple times. And I mean, I honestly don't really follow any sort of plan. I just kind of do what feels good. And then when I get kind of sweaty, I'm like, okay, I'm good. (laughs) Yeah. I love how intuitive that is. Yeah. I I mean, that's awesome that you say that because I actually, I guess I didn't even think of that, but that's kind of always been my goal is to like, just feel intuitive about exercise. So yeah, no, I feel like that's such a hard skill to acquire. So it's, I, when I meet people who do that, I think that's so cool. Like not planning everything out and just kind of doing what you feel like that day. For sure. That's yeah, that's really cool. So what about um, what about like your beauty makeup stuff? Let's talk about that a little bit. Oh, yeah. How um, that has evolved and what that looks like now. Yeah, definitely. So I mean, it's definitely evolved. I used I mean, obviously pre NTP, I was trying like every chemical thing possible. I think I even when I had acne, I went to the dermatologist and was like, asking them about putting me on Accutane because I was like, just fix my face. I don't care what it takes. So I, I mean, did I the same come... thing. Yeah. Did you really? Yeah. yeah. And I look back at it and I'm like, oh my God, I'm so glad that I didn't do that. Yeah. Because all I needed to do was like fix my food and my digestion. Same. So actually, not, while we're talking about this, I just want to interject because I saw, I heard somebody saying this the other day and it really upset me. And she said, you know, a lot of people are talking about their they're like natural beauty routines and those people don't have real acne. If you have real acne, you have to use medication if you want to get rid of it. That's just the way it is. And that just broke my heart because that's how I used to think too. And mm-hmm. I just like want to tell people it really is rooted in food and hormones. And yeah, I don't, I don't believe that now at all. Like I used to never think I could get rid of my cystic acne without like antibiotics and chemicals and I did me too oh my gosh yeah that makes me sad but at the same time like I totally get that feeling of like desperation that's like I'll do anything but I still I mean I I completely agree with you though like it that's not just uh, cystic acne I mean that's not the only way that you can heal it I mean a lot of times unfortunately it takes it takes time to heal it so I mean I get having to go the like prescription route but that's not it's just putting a band-aid on the issue you know it's not it's not getting to the root of what the real problem is what do you think was there what do you think specifically was the root of the problem for you with acne Um, I think a big part of it was leaky gut. I know that was a huge part of it. Um, so it was combination, I think of that and food sensitivities. Um, and also because at the time I was still eating gluten and dairy. Yeah. Uh, so that was big. I had, and then I also, I was on Prilosec, which is like a, a proton pump inhibitor, which means it like um, it's a, it's supposed to help with your acid reflux and it, it does help, but it basically just like suppresses all stomach acid production. So great. <laughs> yeah, it, yeah, exactly. So, and I was on that for like five years, which yeah. is horrible. Um, well, because any, I, well, pe- oh, sorry, people are going to hear this. I just want to say like most people think that their problem is that they have too much stomach acid when in reality, most people don't have any stomach acid. <laughs> 
Right. Yeah. So I so I went to the doctor and I had horrible acid reflux. So they put me on Prilosec, oh, which God. was actually made the problem worse. And then so I ended up like having to wean myself off of it. And during that time, my acne got like crazy horrible. But then once everything balanced out and my I got my um, HCL or my stomach acid levels like back to where they needed to be, yeah. then everything balanced out and my skin got way better. So well, good. So now, like, what's your skincare and makeup routine like? Yeah. Um. So it's pretty. <laughs> I mean, it is pretty minimal still because I'm like I have a couple products that I really love. So I love the charcoal products from Beauty Counter. Yes. So I use. Yeah. Oh, the best. They're game like, changers. I swear, amazing. Like I never found anything that like if so now even with the mask if I have like one zip pop up I'll put like just a little drop on it and like leave it there for like 15 20 minutes and then the next day it's like almost completely gone so that's been a total game changer so those two products and then I love the um I think they changed the name of it but the balancing oil from beauty counter which is like it's specifically made for acne prone skin which sounds weird because you're putting oil on your face but I don't know it's amazing so those are my three like favorite things for sure we have like the same skincare routine we have so much in common it's weird I know I love it that's amazing yeah and then do you wear makeup (laughs) yeah uh not a lot I do um like I'll I mean I'm trying to think I wear like a little bit of um it's from beauty counter too I'm trying to think of the name the oh the tint skin so I wear that skin foundation which like kind of I do still have some like acne scars so I use that just to kind of blend everything together and then mascara and a little bit of bronzer but honestly that's usually about all that I wear unless it's like a big occasion and I'm gonna put eyeliner on but honestly that happens like once every six months (laughs) do you also feel like as you've gotten older that's affect how you could be more of a minimalist like Right now, I'm like, feel like I'm going through this phase in my life where, like, I just graduated college and I don't know, I'm moving into my first like solo apartment and I'm trying to downsize. And I, as I get rid of things, I feel like I never could have gotten rid of any of this stuff or just made these lifestyle changes if I was younger, I guess. Like, yeah, it's easier when you get older because you realize, like, I don't know, I feel like we hold on to a lot of things in all aspects of our lives kind of feeling like because of other people for some reason. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, totally. And then when you get older, you realize like, uh, I don't really care about anyone but me. <laughs> yeah, no, that totally makes sense. And I think I think it does get a lot easier. And I think a big part of that, like why it has been easier for me too lately is that I just like, care a lot less like I maybe that sounds really selfish but I'm just like I just don't care about that anymore but I will say like and this just came to my mind the one thing that I have a really hard time like throwing away or getting rid of is like cards that people write me I was gonna bring that up I was wondering about that and I mean I guess that goes back to the whole like said like sentimental or like emotional value on physical items but when like somebody writes me like a handwritten card I just cannot throw it away yeah (laughs) So do you have like a big box? Yeah, I like so what I have like one drawer that has like my like underwear and stuff in it. And then I have another whole drawer that's full of like cards. And I mean, oh my gosh, I know. So it's like really bad. I'm opening it right now. Like, oh, my God, I need to clean that out. But no, I'm the same way, though. I feel so like I don't want to get rid of it. And I feel horrible. I have every card I've ever gotten. It's like since I was like in the fifth grade. 
I know. And it's like, I, I don't know if I think I'm going to like go through and read them all because I'm probably not, but yeah, probably I don't know. Not. Some sort of, I needed a therapist to tell me what to do oh about that. Oh my gosh. You're so funny. <laughs> um, uh, do you think it's easier for, is it, is it easier for your husband? Uh, to like get rid of things yeah, or like to, be to a minimalist. Spin? I feel like it's so much easier for guys. Like they don't just don't need things. Yeah. I think, I don't know. That's such a good question. I, I should like ask him. I feel like he, he's definitely, cause I mean, when it comes to things like he doesn't need any like beauty products or like anything like that. So he's yeah. definitely not going to be buying any of that kind of stuff, but I don't know. That's such a good question. Do you guys have a TV? No. Do you ever watch TV? <laughs> Um, we, well, we watch, like, so we both have, like, a laptop, and then a couple nights a week we'll watch, like, um, I don't know, something on, like, Netflix, or, yeah, Netflix, because we have that, um, or, like, if I'm home by myself, sometimes I'll watch, like, Real Housewives, that's my guilty pleasure, but. same. (laughs) Oh, I love it. Yeah, Um, Yeah, that's about it. Okay, I was just curious, do you feel like you have more time as a minimalist? Well, definitely. I mean, I definitely have way more time to be. It's so funny. It's because I look back like a couple years ago and I think about like how much time I wasted just like watching TV or like doing stuff like that. And yeah. now it's like, well, I don't have a TV. So I'm going to be either working or I'm going to go outside and like enjoy the nature or like go to the beach or, you know, I don't know. So I feel like I definitely am smarter about my use of time for sure. The other thing I wanted to ask you, just going back to the food, I feel like a lot of people who, like, in your situation would use that as an excuse to eat out for, like, every meal. Oh, yeah. I mean, I could definitely see that. I I think I'm just, like, so – I'm such a, like, I don't want to spend money going out to eat for every meal. So I'm, yeah. like, yeah. I don't know. I So I, I try and, like, plan ahead and, like, bulk shop and then just have everything that's, like, easy to kind of put together without – cooking so what are some of your like favorite meals so like smoothies um salads yeah do do anything else like fun um I'm trying to think I'll I make so obviously most of the time for dinner I'll like cook some sort of like meat or fish Uh um and then we'll do rice but sometimes I'll buy this is kind of I guess more exciting but I'll I'll buy like fresh fish and make just like raw and then make my own like little sushi rolls with like nori sheets. Ooh, that's so, that's, so fun. I like yeah, that. So that's really good and really super easy too. Do you ever like, have you ever like speared your own fish? Oh my gosh. I wish. No. <laughs> I, mean, that, I swear that's like something on my bucket list. I want to go spear fishing so I could bad. I so imagine you doing that. I'm just imagining you like oh, on the can- beach like spearing a fish. <laughs> and eating it okay if I if I ever go spearfishing my husband has an underwater camera so I'm gonna make him come like take a video of me and going to like put it on my YouTube channel (laughs) you have to oh my god uh yeah you have to okay uh the other thing I wanted to talk to you about is you're a big you like talk a lot about adrenal fatigue and stuff yeah so I wanted to kind of talk about that a little bit um too before we I mean we're almost done sorry I cool I've been no, interrogating no. you, but no, no, I love it. Maybe. Okay. If somebody doesn't know what adrenal fatigue is, how would you describe it to them? 
Okay, yeah. So um, adrenal fatigue is basically the name that describes uh, the hormonal symptoms that start occurring due to improper cortisol output. Um, And so cortisol is basically the stress hormone that's produced by your adrenal glands. And so when our bodies are faced with stressors, like chronic stressors day in and day out, and often for like years at a time, um, your cortisol output gets disrupted and you'll start experiencing um, the symptoms of adrenal fatigue, which are things like, um, so kind of like what I talked about before, after I had um, been underfeeding my body for a long time. So symptoms such as like missed periods or even crazy PMS, uh, chronic fatigue, acne, hair loss, um, being super fatigued during the day, but then getting like a boost of energy or feeling wired at like 10 p.m., um, slowed metabolism or inability to work out or uh, recover from workouts. So anything like that, those are all like the kind of classic symptoms of adrenal fatigue. Um, yeah. Does that kind of, yeah, no, that's good. Um, so this is the thing though. Do you kind of feel like everybody has adrenal fatigue? (laughs) (laughs) I, you know, it's funny. And I definitely feel like in, in kind of our, our health space, I feel like it is so common. And, but I think, and my, I think my approach to like adrenal fatigue is a little bit different than what most people think, because I honestly think that most people get into that situation because they are health conscious, because they are being too strict with their paleo diet or they're limiting carbs too much, or they're just not eating enough or they're working out too hard. You know, all those things, I think those are way more common to cause your adrenal fatigue than like, I don't know, eating a standard American diet and like sitting on your butt all day. Yeah. So I think it's something that in our like kind of realm of nutritionists and like wellness people is like so, so common. Yeah, I know. That's such a good point. Also, Well, so what kind of steps would you have people take to start healing it? Um, Well, so I do have, I have a free course that people can go through if they think that they have that. And um, maybe I can give you like the link to it if people want to go there. Yeah, I can put it in Uh, the show notes. Cool. But um, basically I would just say, so, I mean, food is going to be a piece of it. So, you know, making sure that you're, you know, figuring out what your food sensitivities sensitivities are and getting rid of those, but also things like making sure you're eating enough, making sure you're eating the right amount of carbs for your body, um, lowering stress. So, I mean, it's not just what you're doing physically, but you know, anything that's causing mental stress or emotional stress and like really pinpointing that and kind of figuring out how to deal with it. Um, also focusing on like your sleep and getting rid of caffeine, which really, really sucks and is probably the hardest thing for me to deal with, but that can be a way to help as well. And then, so how long do you think it really takes somebody to heal from this? It really just depends how long like you're you've been suffering. I would say like if you if you've been stressing out your body in more ways than one for years, then it's going to probably take at least like 6 months of targeted healing to to feel better, but it definitely is possible. So um yes, there is hope. <laughs> I want to like okay, I want to backtrack and highlight some of the things that you just mentioned that yeah. I personally am like passionate about. So when you're saying, for example, under eating, um, I feel like in our space, the health, like that is such a big issue. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I feel like people genuinely don't realize it. 
Yeah. And what? Yeah. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, no, go ahead. I was just going to say it's for so long, it's been such commonplace advice to tell women, especially that we need to be eating like 12 to 1400 calories a day for like to maintain our weight or to lose weight or to get fit. And so Mm -hmm. I think that's like been just ingrained in us for so long. And people think that that's normal. Yeah. Um, And that, yeah. I mean, how do you help people get out of that mindset? Uh, I mean, it's definitely a struggle, but I, I really, I try and get people to, I, I hate calorie counting, but sometimes if you are coming from that place where you've been doing it for so long, you have no idea actually how much food your body even needs. So Mm -hmm. usually I'll, I'll work with people and like help them figure out how much they should be eating. And then maybe just have them track for like a couple days to like show them, okay, this is actually how much food you need. And then after that, then it's like, then we need to kind of transition to being more intuitive around it and not measuring and not, you know, calculating in your head. Yeah. I just think it's so funny because I feel like all we hear about in America is like how all of us overeat. Mm-hmm. And like I feel like there's two huge extremes. Like there's half of America who's still living the standard American diet. Like, and doing and you know eating Burger King all the time and like there's a huge portion of America that is overeating but then there's another half that's severely under eating yeah oh my gosh I know it's so it's such America for you like completely all or nothing yeah yeah I'm like (laughs) polar opposite no balance (laughs) yeah exactly and so I feel like that's why nobody thinks that they're under eating because they're like we all overeat you know Mm -hmm. and like nobody knows what is in the middle because we're all such extremists I know exactly exactly it's so hard and then and then a lot of times still too like if you are one of those people who like has adrenal fatigue and say you're like eating really clean and working out a lot and then you go to the doctor and you have all these symptoms they're gonna be like you're so healthy what are you talking about you know yeah so it's like it's really it's hard so I just can't go to western doctors I know gotta (laughs) find an NTP (laughs) yeah seriously I'm uh that's a whole other podcast but <laughs> for sure um the other one that I want to talk about is the stress thing because I feel like the stress is the hardest mm-hmm. because it's like not concrete I mean mm-hmm. at least for me personally that was like to this day is my biggest issue because it's like tell me how like I can change what I eat I can change how much I eat I can change how I exercise I can change what like these concrete things you know but yeah. to tell somebody like I would get so frustrated when my doctors would be like, just stress less. And I'd be mm-hmm. like, are you fucking kidding? How the hell do <laughs> you can just tell somebody to just stress less. Now I'm stressed out that I'm stressed out. Oh, totally. Well, especially if you're like a type A person to begin with, it's like, okay, what does that even mean? I don't know. How exactly. do I get rid of my stress? No, I, I get it. That one is really hard. Cause it's like, you kind of have to figure it out on your own. I mean, you can throw, you can tell somebody to do headspace as much as you want, but if they don't know how to like, deal with stressors on a daily basis like you know it's not really going to get them anywhere (laughs) what do you like how do you what tips do you give people for reducing stress like what do you find are the most common sources of stress I think just the way um that women like especially like I said type a people especially um kind of please everybody else and put everybody before themselves so I think that that's the number one thing to like pinpoint is like how are you spending your time? Are you doing things constantly? I mean, it's, you know, honorable to be helping people and doing things for your family and doing things for people, everyone else. But like, if you're doing that all the time to where 
you don't have any time for yourself and you are just feel like a crazy person running around all day. I mean, you, you are the one that's going to be suffering and nobody wants that. So I think just really pinpointing how you're using your time, first of all, and seeing what you can get rid of. So like, I mean, for me, being able to, you know, quit the job that was really draining me and causing me a lot of stress, that was huge. And so I'd try and like figure out with other people what what kind of things in their life they're able to give up. And if they aren't able to give them up quite yet, then figuring out a plan to in the future, you know? Yeah. I think what's hard is like, it almost seems like, for example, with your job, Mm -hmm. like maybe that the part-time job is, is a source of stress, but then is quitting, um, going to cause more stress because then you lose that source of income. You know, I feel like people feel like they're they're caught in this, trap. Totally. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely, it's got to be a calculated risk. And I definitely understand people like if, if quitting your job is going to cause you more stress or like finances are a big problem. And obviously that's not, you know, the route that you need to go, but maybe you can, maybe you can change your job or maybe you can change things about your job that make it less stressful for you. So just really, you know, personalizing those types of things. Yeah. I think it's interesting how this is so women mm-hmm. yeah no, totally it's definitely that's why I mean the like women are usually it's usually a very type specific type of person that gets adrenal fatigue and like you will probably know it if you are that person yeah me yeah, yeah no, me too I'm like you and I are like probably the poster child for it so yeah. if you're not us then you probably have it yeah exactly type a and like a lot of people who are in this wellness space I feel like we're all really similar Mm-hmm. And it's really hard to, I know that for me, it's like, I feel guilty anytime I put like myself first or I'm being selfish, but then I also know I have to be selfish to stress out less. Yeah. No, I, I know what you're saying. I think also people just downplay it. They don't understand how stress really does cause sickness. Like, because people think that it, we're still in this mindset that it's like always something physical, I guess, you know, but like people don't make the connection that stress is physical. (laughs) Yeah, no, it is. It is so physical. I mean, if you've ever been the type of person that like has physical manifestations of stress, like if you get a stomach ache or anything like that, I mean, that's just a huge sign how much it can affect you. Yeah. I was talking to my friend about this the other day. I was saying, we were saying how her friend got upset with her because she wasn't going to something and she didn't want to go because it was stressing her out and her friend was saying, oh, it's not a real excuse. And we were talking about how that it was like for her health, like she's having health issues and her doctor was like, you need to reduce stress levels. And so she didn't want to go to this thing. And I was like, it's so stupid because if you broke your leg and couldn't go, that would be a legitimate excuse for your health. Right. Right. But not stress. Oh, totally. Oh, that like makes me so mad because I feel like, if yeah, if it's stressing you out, then don't go. But even if it's not for your health, and even if you just don't want to fucking go, yeah, then just, don't go. Yeah. Like, I mean, it's easy for me to say now because I've I've totally been that person where I like want to please everybody. But uh, no, I totally get it. What ha- like so? Was there a was point there, in time I, that that changed for you? Like, when did you stop becoming the person who wanted to please everybody? I mean, I, it's definitely been like gradually like fading out. I feel like it just, I've always 
been somebody who wanted to be like, you know, the, I don't know, the one that everybody liked. And I was nice to, not that I'm not nice anymore, but like just being kind of like that perfect person. And so I've really just been kind of working to like, you know, like not worry about pleasing everybody or not worrying really about what other people think and just really taking care of myself. Because I think I've just noticed like how much better I've felt in my life when I've started to do things only from like a place of actually wanting to do them. Mm -hmm. And it's just really like, I don't know, I feel much more at peace and like I'm being authentic that way. Yeah. I love that. Just got to do it. Just got to yeah. So fuck everyone. Yeah. <laughs> Do what just I like, want. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or I mean, and start slow. I mean, just like try it with little things. Like if, you know, you get asked to a party and you're like, you know what, I really don't want to go to that. And there's nobody there that I even like seeing, then, you know, just don't go. Yeah. See how it feels. I love that. Cool. <laughs> well, I feel like we talked about so much. I know. You're so I interesting. Oh, thank you. I hope it wasn't too all over the place. I feel like we, yeah, we touched on like everything. <laughs> I was trying to get in as much as I could. And I'm really proud of myself because I like covered all my main things. <laughs> no, definitely. You're such a good interviewer. It went by so fast. Oh, thank you. I'm glad you enjoyed it. Okay. It. Well, first, why don't you tell everybody where they can find you? Sure. Um, so I'm at Rebel Nutrition on Instagram and my blog is rebelnutrition.com. And I just started a YouTube channel. So if you want to see a little tour inside my tiny house. Um, my YouTube channel name is Chasing Chills. So go check that out. Ooh, love it. Yeah, go and check Amy out. She's the best. And <laughs> I'm going to put all of her info in the show notes. And you can download her ebooks. And are you taking clients? Or like for you have like programs? Yes. Yeah, so I have um, the Adrenal Fatigue online course. So there's a free one that's called the Adrenal Fatigue Detox Challenge. But then I also have if you're looking for more like, um, basically everything that I would take a one on one client through to support their adrenal fatigue, I put into course format. So that's called the Adrenal Fatigue Detox program. Um, so I can we can link to that too. I'll send you yeah. that link. And okay. that is available right now. So amazing. Cool. Yeah. Well, Thank you so much. This has been so informative and amazing. And I hope you guys all liked it. If you enjoyed the show, please leave a rating and review on iTunes and Stitcher. Please subscribe. And if you have any questions, send them into actuallyadultish at gmail.com or you can go to our website, actuallyadultish.com and submit them there. And make sure you join our secret, not secret Facebook page, Actually Adultish Podcast Nation. It's the best. And we'll talk to you again next week. Bye.